It's PFTOT, that extra edition of PFT Live, where we talk about things we either didn't get to or we'd like to talk about some more. And this first topic, Chris, falls into a category where I addressed it during the radio hour when you're still sound asleep, and we didn't get to it during the two TV hours. And I want your take on this because Le'Veon Bell took to Twitter last night, and the new Jets running back issued a public service announcement explaining why he's not with the Jets and he said he'll be there when it's time to perform he'll be there when it's time to play football but he's got his formula whatever it is look he's justifying not being there for the voluntary offseason program and I'm wrestling more and more with the idea that on one hand yes it is voluntary on the other hand though this is a guy who hasn't been part of an offseason program for three years now 2017 he showed up at Labor Day right at the deadline for getting his full franchise tag last year he skipped the entire season he's with a new team a new city it's a new time it's new everything at some point don't you need to be there with your teammates getting to know them building the relationships that will carry you into the adversity that have, that necessarily is going to happen at some point during football season you, you would like that yes you would I mean again I don't know if the relationships are paramount to make things successful at this point he can he can grow these relationships once they once they get into training camp but yeah you'd like to see him start a base now you know to all your points Mike I mean I certainly would have never sat out or not been there uh, for for off-season training, especially if I had missed football, you know, the last year. And like you said, two off-seasons in a row, not being a part of a football team. But more importantly, what I worry about, and running back, you know, even more than a receiver, Odell Beckham Jr. in Cleveland, you know, there's a lot of rules at running back at times. There's a lot of pass protection rules, different run game rules. He has to learn the pass game because we know he's going to be such a big part of the pass offense as well, whether he's lining up a slot receiver or just catching the ball out of the backfield. So to me, that's probably where I worry more than anything for a Le'Veon Bell is just that type of stuff. Now, getting into the training stuff and all that and getting yourself into shape, hey, this is an interesting discussion. I don't know if there's a right or wrong, but I do know this. He is a professional. He does know what it takes to get himself ready to be ready for an NFL football season. And like I've said a little bit with you know Odell Beckham Jr. and these other guys, when you've made a little money in the NFL and you can afford a trainer and maybe somebody to, you know, watch over your diet on a daily basis and all of those things, and you're getting trained specifically for what you are going to be asked to do at your position, you know, that's where the players fall in love with staying away from the team workouts because, yeah, there's a there's there's weightlifting coaches and trainers there uh, for the New York Jets, but they're training 90 other guys on the roster. Le'Veon Bell goes to the place he works out, and he's got a guy specifically with a plan for him on a daily basis, on a weekly basis, on a monthly basis, and that's where the discussion gets interesting, at least to me, Mike. Yeah, and look, uh, bigger picture. Yeah. If you work out away from the facility, you run the risk of incurring an injury that you're not financially protected for. That's yep. one of the arguments I always make. You're going to work out anyway, unless you're going to sit home and watch bowling and eat pork rinds, right? If you are going to exercise, you are better off exercising within the confines of the team facility because you have essentially an insurance policy. We talked about that yesterday with Gerald McCoy, right. the Buccaneers defensive lineman, working out in, in this broken-down old gym, right? You, you got $13 million of free insurance if you work out with the team. And because if, if I guarantee you, if he pops an Achilles tendon running around on that hardwood floor, they're not going to pay him $13 million. They're not going to pay him anything this year. That's a non 
non-football injury if it happens away from work. That's another reason to do it. But I, I just think That's that real. You know, we get too caught up in the whole. Oh, it's voluntary. And hey, I'm a I'm a big believer in taking advantage of the rights that the players have under the CBA. But at some point, it's about you know being a good teammate too. And there's a balance there. And and I just think for Le'Veon Bell, given that he hasn't been part of a team for a full year he hasn't been part of an off-season program for the last two years at all I, I think that that it just it's not the right way to establish yourself in a new city with a new team with a new fan base with a new media that is covering you it's just there's plenty of reasons for him to be there and I think those reasons outweigh whatever it is that he's doing on his own and the fact that he felt compelled Chris to, to address it. Yeah, right. It, it tells you that he's get, feeling a little wobbly about yeah. all the criticism. Yeah, I, I I think you're, Mike, I think, you know, again, the points you make, I think, are all fair, real. I know as a player, I would feel that pressure to go, oh, gosh, this team just gave me all this money. They want me to be a leader. They want me to perform on the field. You know, let me get there. Let me put my best foot forward, impress the team, get to know the players, all those things. And, yes, if I had words of advice for a Le'Veon Bell, I would like to see him do that, you know. Hey, you're making enough money too, or you can find a new trainer, you know, close to the Jets facility, uh, or maybe you can get your trainer that you have wherever you're training right now to move out that way. However, it may work out, but there you can find a balance also of doing both. I think that's the other thing too, Mike. You know, I was a part of a few teams where we had certain players. Yeah, they came to the facility and did some of the work. You know, as far as the day, they did on the field drills, things like that, but. They were going to go later on that day and work with their specific trainer. When you get down off-season right now, football players are done by about 12.30, 1 in the afternoon. You're getting there about 7 in the morning the facility. You're done by about 12.30 or 1. And some players will have an understanding with the strength coach, Mike, to go like, hey, I'm not going to push it too hard because I'm going to see, you know, blah, 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 my personal trainer after today. And there's some leniency there. Again, these are grown men. These are professionals. And the trainers understand too. So you can do both. I'm with you. I wish he was there. He's not, but I don't think it's the end of the world that he's not. Well, no, it's not the end of the world, but it's the beginning of a new thing for Le'Veon Bell, and I think it would be beginning more smoothly if he was there. All yeah. right, we want to revisit now a debate that we had earlier about Odell Beckham Jr. and whether his comments about making the Browns the new Patriots are over the line. I still think they are, Chris, and I've managed to come up with a few instances where someone has kind of called their shot. Joe Namath, Super Bowl three. The Bears, I had a reader point this out, they recorded the Super Bowl shuffle video weeks before they even qualified to play in the Super Bowl. And then Plexico Burris before Super Bowl 42 when oh. they went in and, you know, the, 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 the uh, Giants took down Goliath that year. Uh, and Burris called his shot and said that the Giants would beat the Patriots. I mean, but it's still, it's one thing to talk about a game. It's one thing to make the boast late in the year. I can't think of a time where months before the season even begins, you've got this kind of stuff going on and anyone actually delivering on it. I, I just think there's too many things that can happen. It sets the bar too high. It puts too much pressure on people in those early season games because, you know, we talk about this all the time now. If you start off one and two, two and four, your window gets narrower yeah. and narrower and it's harder to get the things you need like home field advantage. And I think it puts more pressure on these teams that feel like they have to win week one they have to win week two and and I don't you know maybe the Browns will rise up and they'll they'll run the table who knows maybe two years after going 0-16 they'll go 16-0 I just think that this extra pressure doesn't help 
And I think it's got to drive Freddie Kitchens crazy because he's the guy who's going to take the blame, Chris, if this team fails to live up to its sky-high expectations. Yeah, yes, he will. Uh, the pressure was there already with the, before Odell Beckham Jr. said these comments. That's where I'll at least defend him there. I mean, we've talked about this every week for about the last month and a half, uh, just the Browns but, but wouldn't this playoffs. Have been an, hey, wouldn't this have, Chris, yeah. wouldn't this have been an opportunity when he's asked by GQ last night at the Met Gala with his tuxedo with the sleeves ripped off? Well, and hey, I don't, I don't diss the look. If you can pull it off, pull it off. But wouldn't it be better to say, you know, man, people are just really over the top in their expectations of the Browns. We have to prove it one week at a time. We got a lot of work to do before anybody considers us a team that's done anything. I'm ready to do it. I'm anxious for the challenge, but this is not going to be easy. I mean, what's wrong with saying something like that? No, I, I understand. That's probably an answer that you or me would have, you know, given to the media if that were the case. But I, again, I'm not going to sit here and look at Odell Beckham Jr.'s comments and just go, oh, gosh, he made some crazy proclamation. I mean, hey, trying to bring as many championships there as possible. You know, we want to turn – we turning the Browns into the new Patriots. You know, he's kind of just trying to – say yeah we're setting it's a new era in Cleveland there's nothing wrong with him saying that he's saying that they want to start something new they want to create a new culture they want it to be a winning culture and they aspire to be New England like he's not calling a shot as saying we're going to win Super Bowls he said trying to so I get it uh yes it's not the most perfect answer in the world but I don't look at it you know, nearly as egregious as Greedy Williams last week talking about the Super Bowls when he hasn't even gone through a practice yet in the NFL, okay? And this is not a Super Bowl-type comment. This is just talking about what they're trying to do. He's excited to be a part of it, and that's how I look at it, at least. Yeah, and here's the other thing, too. It's critical to have self-awareness, and I think he has some but not enough because it's too late to undo the persona that he's created over the past five years. He's at the Met Gala for crying out yeah. loud. I mean, this guy's a big deal. He is. Everything he says is going to carry much greater significance than if it was some slappy backup right tackle. He has to know that before he says anything. And, the ch and, and you know, he can get mad and he can get salty and he can get pissy and he can block me again on Twitter. Actually, he'd have to unblock me first. But that's part of the reality of being self-aware. He needs to understand that for a guy like him, you say it, people are going to listen. It's like the old E.F. Hutton commercials. That's long before your time. They used to do a commercial all the time when you'd watch football games. And there would be people in a room and, and somebody would say something. Everybody would stop and listen. It was E.F. Hutton. It was some brokerage firm. When E.F. Hutton speaks, people listen. Right. When Odell Beckham Jr. speaks... People listen, so be careful what you say. That's all I'm going to say. About okay, that's you good. Have something else you want to say? No, you no. Have I think you we, add? I think we hit it all. I mean, yeah, we all we. Right. I think we both agree. We wish he would have phrased it differently, but it's not the worst thing in the world. The XFL is going to debut next year. TV contracts were announced on Monday. Games will be on ABC, ESPN, Fox, FS1. Winston Moss, the guy who was unceremoniously shoved out of Green Bay because he had some critical things to say about Aaron Rodgers. And, you know, you should not say critical things about Aaron Rodgers. Winston Moss, who once upon a time was an NFL head coaching candidate, never quite got an opportunity. He'll be the head coach of the XFL's L.A. franchise. Chris, I, 
I, I saw a quote from an ESPN executive yesterday who said spring football will work. And I struggled with figuring out what the right punctuation mark would be. Period. Exclamation point. I think the right one is a question mark because we don't know that spring football will work. And I don't care who's doing it. If it's the NFL doing it, if the hand of God would come down and create spring football, I don't know that it would work. I have serious doubts about people giving a crap about football in the spring because the fan in me doesn't. Yeah. The businessman in me does. Hey, I'd love to have games that people are paying attention to, so they're coming to ProFootballTalk.com to get information about what's going to happen, what did happen, what happens next, betting analysis and whatever else we may have, just the, the news about injuries, anything, just like we cover the NFL. But the fan in me doesn't care. I don't think enough people, enough fans are going to care about it to ever work. I hope I'm wrong, but that's my big question. I, I'm, uh, I think I'm with you on this one. I got to see it to believe it. You know, yeah, even my, my fandom, I'm obsessed with the, the football. And, gosh, I watch film and, and watch this stuff all year round. I don't know if I want to watch XFL football right now. I didn't necessarily want to watch AAF football either. And my damn brother was playing in the league. So, <laughs> I just tell you, that's where it goes. And, you know, I think really <laughs> it goes back to the main thing. What are they going to do to attract the viewer? They're not going to get superstar players. Not at this point. Maybe somewhere down the line. Oh, Okay, so that's going to be one thing you need to have people tune in, or you're going to have to have. There's some... one way to get star players, Chris. That's right. They're going to have to shell yeah, out you the gotta dollars. You got to cough up. You got to cough up the green. No, I know, and uh, I guess that's going to be the big thing. And then what can they do to, to the game itself that differentiates itself or bring something new, a new aspect of the game to where I go, ooh, let me see this. Let me. I, I'm interested to see how this plays out on a football field. So those are the only two ways I look at really getting involved in it. And I just have a hard time, you know, right now there's the NHL playoffs. I don't even like hockey that much. I'm starting to watch that now. Okay, the NBA playoffs. Hey, you know, I want to turn that on. It's Steph Curry. It's James Harden. It's all these superstars once again. I want to watch them more than I want to watch some spring football. Uh, so, yeah, I, I guess I got to say it. And, hey, you know, with your Winston Moss thing, too. Hey, we're going to hold everybody accountable to things new. Like New England would not have any coaches putting comments out about the roster on Twitter. You know, you do that, you get fired. I don't think we should be that shocked by that. I'm just had to add that. I know, I know. I just yeah. I wanted to I wanted to mention. Don't somebody you who dare would make dare, fun of my little Aaron Rodgers. Dare, <laughs> dare suggest anything remotely negative about Aaron Rodgers. Um, here's the thing about the XFL, though. You're right. They need to either attract stars or create stars. Either way, that costs money because if you create star players, they're going to have leverage and they're going to want more money. At some point, that contract expires and they're going to say, "I'm a star now." I'm going to the NFL. Right. Screw you, Vince McMahon. I'm out of here. So, uh, look, I, I, I remember, and I've said this before, I remember when the USFL started in 1983. I wanted to love it. I wanted to be all in. I wanted to spend my Sunday afternoons watching the USFL. I wanted to follow it the way I follow the NFL. I just couldn't. I didn't give a crap about it. And I feel like that's what the XFL is dealing with. And I don't know why there's this mindset that 
Football from September to January is is great. So football from February to April will be good. Well, no weather Tuesday night. It's, right, it's our culture. The weather. Oh, it's fall time. Oh, that's football. It's Thanksgiving. I mean, it's just it's it's like so part of our DNA that when I think spring and I smell spring flowers, okay, I think of Masters and Kentucky Derby and playoff basketball. I mean, sorry, that's just the way it is. Other crops that may be ready for harvest. Exactly. That's I got my uh, sights focused on <laughs> okay, important <stop>. things. <laughs> um, here's the thing. I was talking to somebody about this yesterday. Because I've been arguing for a while now. Tuesday night, Wednesday night during football season is when to play alternative professional football league games. And let's just look at it from the standpoint of the degenerate gambler, which is what at some level these you know, enhanced opportunities to bet on things are looking for as legitimate legal gambling spreads from sea to shining sea. If you lose big over the weekend, you got a chance to redeem yourself on Tuesday night and Wednesday night. You don't have to wait till Thursday, right? There's always an opportunity for more action. And I'm not saying, and I'm saying, please bet responsibly. And it's, you know, hey, I'm a firm believer, Chris, the right to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness includes within it a right to screw up your life if you choose to do so. But from the standpoint of a business that is going to cater to people who may want to bet, I think those people are more likely to bet on Tuesday and Wednesday night during football season than they are on Saturday and Sunday during not football season, I, I I don't I don't disagree with your theory there. Uh, I don't know what it's like to be a gambler, and I do want to again say be careful because I mean that it just sounds like a a a, a formula to go broke in a hurry. But um, I, I think that your point is pretty real that there would probably be more interest in a Wednesday or, or Tuesday or a Wednesday than there would be on April twenty eighth. All right, one more topic, and then we got to cut this short. All Defensive right. Rookie of the Year odds. Speaking of betting, if you'd like to bet now on football, you can. You can bet on which guy will be the Defensive Rookie of the Year. The co-favorites are Nick Bosa and Quinnen Williams, 49ers defensive end, Jets defensive tackle, respectively, both plus 400, which means bet 100, win 400. The odds are on the screen, all the way down to Josh Allen at plus 1,000. And Chris, you may have heard me talking about this at the end of the radio hour. Josh Allen, to me, is a great bet. Yes. Plus 1,000 means you win 1,000 if you bet 100. And I think he's got the potential to have double-digit sacks with a good team. We'll notice him. We'll pay attention to him. Right. He'll be in the conversation all year long. And, and he's already got that buzz because he kind of fell. He's perceived as a steal all the way down to number seven. I, I think dollar for dollar based on the odds I think Josh Allen's the guy I like yeah no I think uh I, your logic there is correct he was when I first saw the list he was one that jumped out to me because yeah you look for teams that you think are going to be good right because usually that's that's the formula if you're going to win rookie of the year or anything like that your team's got to be somewhat good uh and then yes the support cast around him for the ability to be successful individually you know to your point with Josh Allen yeah there's nobody he, they're not going to double-team Josh Allen, not with Calais Campbell and Marcel Darius and Yannick Ngakwe on the defensive line. So also, when I look at Nick Bosa, and Nick Bosa with the 49ers, I do think, like you're saying with Jacksonville, I think the 49ers are going to be in the playoff conversation, and you look at their D-line and go, okay, it's D Ford, DeForest Buckner, Eric Armstead, Nick Bosa, whoa, he's never going to get double-teamed either. He's going to have favorable matchups. There's other people to worry about. So those are two guys that jump off the, uh, the, the page to me. Another one that I'll say in the middle there, Devin Bush, just because it's Pittsburgh, 
They have, they've been trying to find that Ryan Shazier replacement. And if the defense is good and Pittsburgh's good, which I think you and I both think they will be, and he's towards the top of the NFL and tackles uh, as a Pittsburgh Steeler middle linebacker who came out of Michigan and they traded up 10 spots to get him, I think that's another one I look at that he could possibly win it, win it as well. That's right, because we have to take into account the way this works. This is the product of votes cast by 50 members of the media. So it's not going to be based on a high-level, advanced statistical analysis of whether or not a guy is effectively fulfilling his assignment. This is stats, interceptions, sacks, buzz. And and for Devin Bush, he's going to get a lot of buzz. If he comes in and plays, if he's the starter right away, and the Steelers are good as they should be, then he's a guy that will find a way to say, yeah, he's, oh, look at what he's done, shedding blockers and getting to the ball. And, you know, oh, and his stats aren't there, but he leads the league and F up the play stats at the second level, whatever it may be. You find a way to justify it because he's wearing that black and gold. He's having an impact right away, and he's stepping into the shoes of Orion Shazier and doing him justice. So I agree with you. That's a guy that maybe we should be taking more seriously as well. All right. You know what? I got to go. Okay. Um, See you, you get to go to the bathroom after PFT Live. Oh, you got to go, Some of us huh? have to wait a little bit longer. Some of us are a little bit older, which means our prostates are, you know, uh, a little more uh, uncooperative. Well, why don't you go to you the bathroom right after the show be. like I do? Doesn't Chateau de Florio have a extra bathroom in your TV studio there? The bathroom is like 150 feet away. I am I sit atop my garage, so I have to go all the way to the other end of my garage. I have oh. to go down the steps, oh. and then I have to backtrack all the. You know what I need? I need like a a, a fire pole where I can just because if if we did it right, I could go right down into my office. Rich, That's what I need because my white, office is rich, like right over rich here. Rich white people problems right there, Mike Florio. That's what you got right there. Uh, well, you asked me, you think you think I can just pee in the corner. There's no toilet. I guess I could just pee in the corner. <laughs> you could. There's no toilet, though. It would kind of smell funny tomorrow. All right, Chris, great as always. We'll do this again. Everybody, check us out at profootballtalk.com. New episode of Chris Sims Unbuttoned coming later today. Also a new episode of PFT PM. We'll see everybody tomorrow. See ya.